morning, everyone. I'm excited to be here today. In the first service, I was so excited that I almost forgot to get my mic and came up here without that. But I'm mic'd up. I'm good to go, ready to be here. So good morning to everyone here. And for those of you who don't know me, my name is Jonathan Newfeld. I'm an associate pastor here at Deer Run Church. I work with the senior youth and the young adults, and it is a privilege to do that. So I love what I do. I love working with these ministries. And one thing that has become evident while working in these ministries is that in our culture, in our generation, it is filled with worry. Whether it's a small thing, a large thing, whether it's something in our control or something that's not even at all in our control, we worry and we do it a lot. So to start this service, I want to share a story of a recent worry that I had myself, a recent um, incident. So this all started December 10th, it was a Monday. Esther and I decided that we were gonna go shopping, do some Christmas shopping. So we got in our vehicle, we headed out, we were excited, we had our lives just planned, we had ambitions, hopes for so much that we would find. And we were about 10 minutes away from the mall and all of a sudden, my windows were fogging up, and they were fogging up uncontrollably. For some of you that might be, you might be thinking like, that's an issue, that's, that's a problem. But for me, my vents don't work in my car, so it was no big deal, it was normal. Um, so I had my trusty piece of cardboard that I would use to direct my airflow from the working vents to the areas that needed ice removed. And it worked very well, um, but some reason it didn't work this time. Like our windows were fogging up, like there's nothing we could do. And I wasn't sure if it was the smoke that was pouring out of my hood or if it was the driver from the truck beside me waving me down, but we realized we had a problem and we had to pull over. Long story short, we towed my car home. There's a lot of work needs to be done to it. And that's where my worries began. How was I gonna get to, how was I gonna get to work? How was I gonna pay for this? How are we gonna do anything? I needed my car, what were we gonna do? And that was only Monday. So the rest of the week carried on and we were preparing for our youth Christmas banquet. And I was already aware that James and Kim would not be there, they were on vacation, so two liters down, we had six. We're good to go, six liters, easy, we got this, no big deal, or so I thought. Um, so yeah, so we, some of you might know and might be still recovering from the sickness that happened, the infamous flu of 2018, and that happened the same week as our youth Christmas banquet. And within a short time before the banquet, we hear from Peter and Mary saying, it got us too, we're sick. They were sick, they could no longer come to the banquet. So two more liters down, four to go. We're still good, four liters, easy, no problem. Or so I thought. And on December 14th, we were woken up, the day of the banquet, woken up at 5.30 in the morning to Susie Wall calling us, and it was urgent, saying, the flu, it got Jason. We woke up, like, no, not Jason. And she said, it might have gotten me too. And the phone call didn't exactly sound like that, but you get, you get my point. Um, she's a little bit more empathetic, and, but Jason was sick, Susie might be sick, that means possibly two liters, and yeah, you get my point. In this situation, we had 40 youth showing up in a matter of hours with possibly only two liters. I was stressed out of my mind, I was worried, there was like no way we could do this. Luckily, Susie managed to, to, to conquer the cold, conquer the flu, she wasn't sick, and we have an amazing group of youth, so youth here, you guys are awesome. You made it so easy, you helped us all, all along the way. But that was where my worry crept in. That week was so dreadful. I was worrying it so much. So my point of sharing this story is, worry has been evident in my life. And I'm sure for many of you, you experienced the same thing. So this morning, I'm not here to convict us or to give us like a bunch of life hacks or recipes on how to conquer our worries. But I wanted to share with us some of the things that we forget, and some of the things that we forget from the biblical truths of Jesus when we worry. So before we jump into it, let me just start with a word of prayer. 
Dear God, I want to thank you for this morning. Thank you for the snow and thank you for the crisp air that we have. And yeah, I just want to thank you for this congregation, Lord. What an awesome privilege it is to be up here speaking and just to know that we have a body of believers that want to strive for a life with you, Lord. We're striving to be fully devoted to you, Lord. So thank you for this. Thank you for this opportunity. And I pray that um, along this we can learn how to deal with our worry better. So I want to start with a sermon today from a passage from Luke 10, 38 to 42. So if you have your Bibles, feel free to follow along there or the YouVersion Bible app, or just follow along on the screen. The passage is Luke 10, 38 to 42. And it reads, As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her, do- her home to him. She had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be done. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all the work for myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. So this passage is one of those passages that I've kind of placed for my year. This is my year passage I want to focus on. And I want to do this because I feel like Martha really relates to my life. I feel like I'm so caught up in all my worries, and it doesn't matter what happens, my worries take precedence. So Martha is hosting Jesus in her home. And instead of asking questions about, like, what's, what's going on in your ministry? Or, like, what's the purpose of my life? Martha is there, and she's worried. She is distracted spending time with Jesus. So something my wife Esther and I enjoy doing is inviting people over, whether it's for a meal or watching a hockey game or just hosting people over just for, for hanging out, And what I've realized is, as soon as people show up, I turn into a Martha. As soon as someone comes into the driveway, I turn into a Martha. And I'm thinking right away, okay, is it cold in our house? Can I get you a blanket? Like, do you want some of our finest chocolates or candies or some baked goods? Um, We have ice water, tap water, just fridge water, I don't know, bottled water. Um, Would you like like an ice cold Coke? Like, there's so many possibilities, so many things that I want to offer our guests. The list goes on and on. I'm offering all these things, but in the, and my mind is consistently thinking of the next thing I can offer them. But what's happening is my focus is no longer on my guest, but all the things that are in my house. I'm so consumed in my, consumed in my preparation, I'm so consumed by my distraction that I've lost focus on my guest. Like I said, Martha is distracted. She's, she has so much going on, so much she is worrying about that she has forgotten about what is important. Martha is distracted, so she doesn't think to spend time with her guest. And the most important guest she will ever have, this is Jesus. This is the Messiah that is in her house. But she can't get past her own worries. And the only solution Martha can think in her mind is, tell my sister to help. Martha asks, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Tell my sister to help. Martha is probably thinking, all my worries will be solved if my sister would help me prep for my, for my guest. All my distractions would vanish if my sister helped. In my life and in our lives, it might seem a little different, but we are distracted by worries and forget where to focus. We forget who we should be spending time with. We forget where to focus. So for some of us, it might look like all my worries would be gone if I could just make a little more money. All of my worries would be gone if I had a new vehicle. All my worries would be gone I could pass this exam. All my, all my worries would be gone if I got a new job. 
or all my worries would be gone if I had a boyfriend or girlfriend, or in my case, all my worries would be gone if my youth leaders weren't sick for the Christmas banquet. It is so easy to become like Martha and get distracted by our worries, and because of this, we lose our focus. We lose our focus off of Jesus, um, off the person we invited into our home, off the person we invited into our heart. We take our focus off a trusting relationship with Christ. And Jesus says, Martha, Martha, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken from her. Are we forgetting what to focus on? With so many things we could be worried about, are we forgetting to stop what we're doing and focus on Jesus? Do our worries bring solutions to the next day? Jesus says to Martha, Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken from her. So I can't speak for everyone in this congregation, but for myself, I want to turn my focus on something that I know is eternal. I want to turn my focus on something that I know is consistent, something that is the same yesterday, today, and forever. When we worry, we get distracted and forget to focus on Christ. Along with forgetting where to focus, another thing that happens to myself when I worry is I forget what God has already done in my life. So this next passage we're focusing on is found in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 14, and it starts at verse 22. Matthew 14, starting at verse 22. And it reads, Immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go ahead of, go ahead of him to the other side. While he dismissed the crowd, after, while he dismissed the crowd, after he had dismissed them, he went up to the mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there all alone, and the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them, walking on the, on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got out of the boat, walked on the water, and came forward to Jesus, came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith. You of little faith. Why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. So throughout his life as a follower and a disciple of Jesus, Peter was known for many things. But from this passage, we can see that Peter was forgetful. Peter had called out to Jesus, Tell me to come out to the water. Jesus did, and, didn't, and it didn't take long for Peter's worries to creep in, causing him to forget all the things that Jesus had already done in his life, all the amazing miracles Jesus had already performed. During Peter's time that he followed Jesus, he had numerous miracles performed, or Jesus performed numerous miracles. Jesus healed a man with leprosy. Jesus calmed the storm. Jesus healed a paralyzed man. Jesus raised a dead woman back to life. And Jesus healed the blind and the mute. And to top it all off, directly before this passage, directly before Peter walks on water, Jesus fed 5,000 people with five loaves of bread and two fish. Extraordinary miracles, one after another, but as soon as Peter needed to believe Jesus' power in his own life, it's as if all those miracles suddenly vanished from his memory. 
and, it's as, as, and all that's left is the worries and fear of the wind and drowning. Peter has seen many miracles, but when he called on to Jesus, he began to worry. And in our lives, have our worries caused us to forget the miracles? Have our worries caused us to forget the great things God has already done in our lives? Um, the reason why I chose worry, the reason why I want to speak on this topic is because this is something that is evident in my life. It's something that, that happens often. I worry a lot. It's something that I'm continually learning and relearning what to do. And I relate to Peter here as well. And a few months ago, I, was, uh, I just came home from lunch. And I remember after eating, I was like, wow, like, I have a weird pain. Like, there's a weird pain in my abdomen, like a cramp, or I don't know what was going on. And what we do now is whenever you have these weird pains or whatever, you go to Google, because Google has these answers. And I was looking, and I explained what it was, and immediately, like symptoms, symptoms after symptoms, so many things are wrong with me. And I figured, okay, I better go to the doctor. Um, I went to the walk-in clinic, and after a few hours of waiting there, I finally saw, saw a doctor, and she checked my pulse, my temperature, and asked numerous questions, asked me all these things, but it didn't seem to make a difference. It didn't seem like she was getting any solution. But then she asked me, have you ever had any like previous issues, any previous concerns in your life, um, health issues of any sort? I'm like, yeah, of course I have. I had some things, but nothing major. Like I had a couple heart surgeries, no big deal, like these things. And all of a sudden I'm like, wait, yeah, I, ha I have had some stuff. And she's like, yeah, like, do you maybe think this is correlating with that? Like maybe not that the pain is caused by that, but you were, you're causing the more pain. Like you're thinking about what is actually happening? What if this is something that relates to this? What if my heart is having an issue? What if, what if, what if all these things? She said, it might, it might not be anything, but it could be something, but it might be nothing. And immediately I'm like, okay, that makes sense. It makes sense. And half hour after leaving, nothing. I didn't feel any more pain. The pain was gone. My worries were gone. It was as if there was nothing ever there. My worry of the pain caused me to sink in fear. Immediately my mind was racing and my thoughts went straight to the worst possible outcome. All the while, it was actually nothing. While going through the whole ordeal, I thought of the worst outcomes instead of the thoughts of how God performed miracles in my own life Miracles of healing in my own life, I forgot all about them. Just like Peter, when, we were, when the worry crept in, he forgot all the powers of Jesus and the miracles he already performed. When, when, our worry, when, we, when we begin to worry, slowly we shovel aside all the times God has already performed miracles in our own lives. Whether it's we had just enough food today, we had just enough money to pay this bill, we had just enough courage to, to do this thing, we had just enough gas to make it here, we made it here safe with the snowstorm, all these things. We forget all the things that God's provided when we worry about um, the present. When we worry, we begin to forget what God has done in the past, what he is doing in the present, and how he'll provide in the future. By remembering the miracles in our lives, it reminds us the power of our loving God, who has strength to do all things. And the last passage I want to look at today, look at this morning, it's found in the Sermon on the Mount, so if you want to turn to Matthew chapter 6, 25 to 34. Matthew 6, 25 to 34, and it says, Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds in the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns. Yet, and yet, your heavenly Father feeds them. You are, are you not much more valuable than they? Can any of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They do not labor or spin. 
Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothed the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall I eat, or what shall I drink, or what shall I wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you, given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. So large crowds had followed Jesus, and when he saw them, he went up to the mountainside and began to teach. This teaching covered important topics and pressing issues that were causing much distress in the culture, whether it was adultery, divorce, murder, giving to the needy, prayer, and even worry. Worry was a concern back then, and it is a concern today, and Jesus could very well pull up on Seacliff Park today and preach this exact same sermon, and it would relate exactly to our life, because this is what we need to hear. Whether, his, whether um, or with his teaching, Jesus explained, God has built into his creation um, the means by which all is cared for. The birds are continually fed. Through the changing of seasons and migration, the birds are taken care of in all circumstances. The flowers grow daily through nutrients they receive through the elements God created. God provides for the smallest things, the plants, the insects, the birds, all creatures. God continually provides for growth and sustenance for everything, and still we worry. God created mankind in his own image. He created each one of us different, but in his likeness, and yet we worry. Even though we know God provides for the birds, the plants get their nutrients they need, and all these little things are taken care of, we're still asking the question, will God provide for us tomorrow? Will God provide for us a week from now, a month from now, a year from now? Will God provide for us? Are we finding it hard to leave things in God's hands because we don't want to give up control? Or at least we don't want to give up that little bit of control that we think we have? A little bit off topic, but um, have any of you guys noticed those new shopping carts at the mall for the kids? They're really cool. They have like the touch screen on them. They're, they're awesome. Uh, every time I go to the mall, I think, wow, I wish I was in one of those. That'd be so much more fun than just looking at random clothes. These carts are awesome. And one of the things that I enjoy about seeing these, these carts and seeing yeah, seeing them is the kids inside of them. The kids in the carts, they're grabbing onto the wheel, they're making all these crazy faces, they're spitting everywhere, making noises, and they are loving these carts. They grab hold of the wheel, and they truly believe, they truly believe they are in control. They truly believe they are directing this cart. And I wonder sometimes if that's how we look. I wonder if we're the ones sitting in the carts, holding onto the wheel with a death grip, and making all sorts of weird faces and noises thinking that we are the ones in control. I wonder if we are seen as children who think they know where to go, but truly, they aren't the ones directing the path. For someone who likes control like myself, I like to have things timed out and scheduled, I like to have order. Control is something that is hard to let go. But the truth is, we never had control to begin with. God is in control, God is leading the way. And the awesome thing about this is, God is good. He wants what is best for us. His power is infinite, and God loves us. Since he is completely in control and completely, in, completely loves us, we can trust him in the times of un unemployment, in the times of breakups, in the times of hardships, in the times of sickness. We can trust him through those times. We know that God provides for the smallest things, and we don't need to worry about tomorrow because God is in control. 
And when we are caught worrying, we are robbing ourselves of the joy and peace that God gives us. Romans 15, 13 says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. When we worry, we forget where we should be focusing. We forget how God provided in the past. And we forget who is, that we are not in control. These are only a few things that happen, and, and I know worry is a huge topic, but one thing that helps me when I worry is a simple equation. And I know it's not a math equation, so don't worry. It's not, not, a, not a stress there. But the equation is this. God is in control, plus God is good, plus God loves you, equals our peace. God is in control, plus God is good, plus God loves you, equals our peace. The peace of God, the peace that transcends all understanding, the peace we receive from God who is in control, a God who is good, a God who loves us, and a God that wants us to trust him daily, even in the smallest of details. Like I said at the beginning of the sermon, I don't have a bunch of life hacks or recipes to conquer all our worries, but here's one tip of advice that we can use and put it into practice right away, and it's learn to trust God more. I know that's a heavy statement, and that's a lot easier said than done, but it's something that we can work on, and how we can do this is by taking every thought captive. 2 Corinthians 10.5 says, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Take captive every thought. This past year, we bought a house, and um, we're doing a lot of renovations. And for those of you who have ever done any renovations, Dave Rose, I'm looking at you, yeah. For those of you who have ever done any renovations, you know you're always up for a surprise. You're always up for a surprise whatever you do. And one of the surprises that we ran into this year when we were fixing the house was a colony of ants. So we were replacing the windowsills, and in one of the rooms, that's where we found our surprise. The ants had eaten away at the sill, and they had no intentions of stopping there. So I was worried. I didn't know what to do. I was, yeah, nervous. We just bought this house. What's going to happen now? Is the house going to fall apart? Like, what's going to happen? And what happened is we ended up killing them all. We ended up killing them all. But it wasn't a matter of days or weeks. It took a while, and it was a continuous daily process. But it worked. So I had this little container of poison, and the ants hated this poison, so it worked really well. But every day after work, I'd stop by the house, I'd clean up all the dead ants, squash the living ones, and start with the poison again. So I would sweep, squash, poison, repeat. Sweep, squash, poison, repeat. Day after day, one by one, the ants were less, up until the point that we got all of them. The point is, the battle of worry won't be solved in a day. But it's, but it's capturing each thought daily that will help us live with worry. It'll make it easier. And hopefully one day there's something that we can conquer. Like my story with the ants, you have to check back daily to get rid of these things, to get rid of these thoughts. So what if, what if I, don't, I don't reach my quota this month? Squash that thought. What if, what if I can't pay my rent this month? Squash that thought. What if I'm going to be sick for the rest of my life with this December flu? Squash that thought. All these worries, squash the thought. Get rid of these thoughts where they are. Take captive every thought and focus on God and his provision. And lastly, I just want to close with this. Um, we aren't the ones who are in control, but think of the credentials of God who is in control. Think of the credentials of our God that we serve who is in control. God is part of the seas. 
stopped the sun, killed giants with stones, kept people safe in a furnace, shut the mouths of lions. God has healed the sick, made the blind see, the deaf hear, the lame walk, and the mute speak. God has even brought the dead back to life. God has done all these things. And I don't know about you, but that gives me confidence. That gives me confidence in the one who is in control. I don't have to worry about me controlling this because I know someone who can do anything and all things is in control. He is the one who has the power to lead. So yeah, let's pray. Dear God, thank you so much for, for your provision. Thank you so much for your life and the way that you lived, lived it, Jesus, and just how you came and you died for us, Lord. And God, I just want to thank you for, um, yeah, thank you for giving us this hope. Thank you for giving us guidance and thank you for giving us peace and joy in these times of worry, Lord. And I pray that as we were, we know that we can look towards you, Lord. We know that we can get this, that we, that we can solve these problems, that we can conquer these things with your strength, Lord. So as we might be up here today, we might be worrying about um, big things, small things, whatever, Lord. I pray that we turn to you instead of letting our worries conquer our daily life, Lord. So thank you so much that you care for us, that you love us, and that you do provide for us. Amen.